Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk and daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. Good morning. Thanks for worshiping with us this morning. I hope you uh, came to hear from God, but also I pray that you come every Sunday morning ready to worship the Lord. Uh, We believe that even during worship, especially during worship, you can be touched, you can be healed, and you can be ministered to. We're going to start today our summer series, and then obviously we're going to pause for next week uh, for Father's Day. But what we're doing for this summer is we're going to go through the minor prophets And each week, we're going to try to give you a little bit of an overview of each book and some history and context of what is going on in that time period, and hopefully a takeaway that you can leave here with how it applies to your life today. Now, we've also done something for you. We have done up a reading plan for you. So what on your way out, uh, there's a bar table just outside this door and outside this door. There's a reading plan there that you can read through the Minor Prophets this summer with us. Um, if you don't want a piece of paper, some people want the paper to put right in their Bible as a bookmark so you know where you're do- what you're at and what you're doing. Um, also, it will be on our webpage for you to follow along and download. And what we're going to do is every time you go to start a new book as you're reading, we are going to upload a video for you to see, and it is from the Bible Project, and it's going to give you a quick breakdown of what that book is and the history again, a part of it. You might even hear some of it repeated as we're preaching, um, but we're not going to be always in line because some of the minor prophets, like Hosea we're starting with today, has 14 chapters, and then there's other ones that have one. And so we're not going to get you just to read one chapter for a week, and we're not going to make you read 14 through the whole week as well. And so if you want to pick those up on your way out, it's just going to help you stay along with us and stay engaged. And if you're trying to figure out, hey, I just want to get into my Bible and read more, I don't know where to start, start with the Minor Prophets, because that's what we're walking through. Um, Also, just so you're aware, if you look at it and you're like, Chad, you only have six days in a week, you don't have seven, that's exactly right. We've done it for six days. You get Sunday off, you can come and hear us talk about it instead, all right? I still encourage you on Sunday to read some part of your Bible. Hopefully, you have your Bibles with me, uh, with you, not with me. And so if you want to open those up to Hosea, uh, we're going to start with the first book of the Minor Prophets, Hosea. And while you turn there, let's pray. Father, I thank you for the privilege and honor to come into this place and to worship you, to celebrate who you are, to turn our hearts towards you. And Lord, as we dive into your word this morning, I pray that you hide me behind your cross and let my words be your words. Speak through me today. Lord, I pray for open ears and open hearts just to hear from your word. And Lord, walk away with something to take home with the minor prophets and how that you love us and how we can be restored to you in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're starting this morning with Hosea. It's the first one of the minor prophets. Now, as we jump into the minor prophets, Uh, what you have to understand is prophets sometimes do strange things. Sometimes prophets do strange things. And so if you read other prophets in the Bible, Isaiah, uh, he embarrassed people by walking the streets dressed like a prisoner of war. For several months, Jeremiah actually carried a yoke on his shoulders. The prophet Ezekiel, he acted like a little boy and played war. And once he used a haircut as a theological object lesson. Don't worry, I won't be doing that today. Um, 
So why do these men do these particular things? Well, these particular things were really acts of mercy. They're really acts of mercy. The people of God had become deaf to God's voice. And we're no longer paying attention to his covenant. And the Lord called his servants to do these strange things, these, these action sermons, in hopes that people would wake up and listen to what they had to say. Only then could the nations escape divine discipline and judgment. But no prophet preached a more painful action sermon than Hosea. See, sometimes nations, sometimes people, sometimes churches need to see something with their eyes to awaken their heart, to understand that God is speaking. And so Hosea, the prophet, his name actually means Yahweh has rescued. Yahweh has rescued. And he prophesied in the 8th century BC during the reigns of Yusa and Jeroboam II. Hosea is the only writing prophet who was raised in and ministered in the northern kingdom of Israel. Hosea's northern setting joined his unique call experience to make his ministry and message stand out from all the other prophets. Hosea is the first of the 12 short prophetic books that you see in the Old Testament. They're known as the minor prophets. In the Hebrew Bible, the version of the Old Testament, these are connected into a single work called the Book of the Twelve, or simply called the Twelve. Because originally, they were contained together on one scroll. They were just written all on one scroll. So Hosea prophesied in the northern kingdom of Israel from approximately 750 to 715 BC. This was the time of upheaval and uncertainty. Hosea prophesied the fall of Israel, but that actually doesn't report a fulfillment of the prophecy which came in about 1722, or not 17, sorry, 722 BC. When the Assyrian Empire conquered Israel's capital, and although Isaiah's proclamations are directed mostly at Israel, the book probably was compiled in Judah in the southern kingdom. So it's actually put together in the southern kingdom. See, following Jeroboam II, his successful military campaigns, if you can read in 2 Kings 14, where he was very successful and Israel experienced a time of economic prosperity and freedom. However, as the Israelites' wealth increased, their spiritual condition decreased. It ultimately led them to abandoning their covenant with God. How true is it for us today that it's so easy to drift away from God when things are good? Right? When we're in a, when we're in a season of prosperity, when we're in a season of freedom and strength, we can drift. And this is what happened with the Israelites. And if you read through scripture, this is what they do basically the whole Old Testament. And I don't know about you, but there's many times that I read through, especially Exodus as they're in the uh, wilderness and they get victory and then they complain and then they get saved and then they complain and then they get saved and, and they drift and all of these things. I read the Bible and I'm like, how dumb are these people? 
And then for some reason, God puts a mirror in front of my face. And I begin to realize that I'm just like an Israelite. And I'm willing to bet that most of us in this room and watching online, you're an Israelite just like I am. When things are good, I drift. When things are hard, when things are challenging, all of a sudden I find God. Now, I'm never not saved, understand that statement. But all of a sudden, I draw closer to him, and the importance of being with him is so important because I'm desperate. So as the Israelites abandon their covenant with God and they drift away because things are good, God speaks to Hosea, and he commands him, marry a prostitute for the purpose of comparing Israelites on faithfulness to God, to that of an adulterous woman. See, Hosea metaphorically portrayed the theme of a covenant breaking as a marriage with his unfaithful wife, Gomer, depicting Israel's unfaithfulness towards God. See, Hosea called the experience, his call differs from others. When you read the other prophets, Hosea is so different because he was called not to proclaim God's word, but to marry a woman of adultery and produce children of adultery. This is what God called him to. So he marries Gomer, who bore him three children, or such they bore three children. They're only really sure that the first one was his. After that, they're not sure. His personal life and struggles provides an image Hosea used to describe Israel and God. The struggle also taught him to share the divine emotions of deep self-giving love and powerful desire for justice and retribution. See, if you read through Hosea, Hosea revealed more personal emotions and struggles than any other prophet as he recounted his attempts to renew his relationship with his wife. See, Hosea actually teaches us to be honest as our, with our testimonies because our testimonies can actually help others. See, as Christians, we're really good at putting masks on. When we ask each other, how are you doing? Great. When we walk into church on a Sunday morning and somebody asks, how are you doing? Good. How was your week? Great. I almost punched my boss in the face. I almost quit my job. My marriage is on the rocks. My kids, I don't know where they are. Wait, I can't say that. It's great. Do you know who I open up around? I open up around people who open up to me. And some of those people, I go first. But Chad, I don't know if I can trust people. Well, pray about that. Because obviously trust has been broken somewhere in your life. And then start off small. Melissa and my marriage is 
totally fine, so I feel comfortable using it as an illustration this morning. But I'm not going to start off if you ask me, how are you doing? And I, we've just met to go, you know what, my marriage is on the rocks. That's not where I'm starting. I thought I'd just clarify that we're good before I said it. Just... We are good, right? I'm good. Are you good? I just, you know, I just want to not be blindsided at moments, right? You're just like. Yes, it is. But we have to be honest. Because if we are honest, as Hosea is honest, you're going to help somebody else in their walk with Jesus Christ. And this is what Hosea has done. See, Gomer left Hosea for another man or more as she went back to being a prostitute. Hosea went to get her back and he had to buy her back. He didn't have to win her back. He didn't have to woo her back. He had to buy her back. And the amazing thing is this, when he went to buy her back, she was now worth the same amount as a field hand. She was just worth a field hand. It seems likely that Gomer would have, been, would have to be a prostitute when she married Hosea, for this would be the best symbolize, symbolize Israel's relationship with God. He called Israel out of idolatry. So he wasn't shocked when she went back to being a prostitute. This wasn't something new. And this symbolizes God's relationship with the Israelites and lost in idolatry. He married, God married the Israelites at Mount Sinai when they accepted his covenant. And then he grieved over them when they forsook him for the false God of the land of Canaan. Like Gomer, Israel began as an idolater, married Jehovah, and eventually returned to her idolatry. How many of us are highlighted in this story? How many of us walk away from God and prostitute ourselves with the things of this world? Chad, that's a big word to use on a Sunday morning. But how many of us have put other things before God? Now, many of us in this room, we immediately say, not us, not me. I haven't put anything before God. So maybe, maybe we aren't prostituting ourselves to other gods. But what about other idols? What about things that come before the Lord? Okay, so maybe you're sitting here like, well, Chad, I'm not prostituting myself. That's a big word. Okay, so how many of us staying with the illustration? How many of us are just flirting? How many of us are just flirting with other things? How many of us, maybe, maybe we're just holding hands. Maybe we're just holding hands with something else other than God. 
Or maybe, maybe, we, maybe we're just a little bit farther. It's just actually, it's just a little peck on the cheek. That's all it is. So now let's, let's go back to Jose and Gomer for a minute. But let's bring it home. Let's think about the little things that get between us and God and how we manage to make them seem like no big deal at all. So maybe you're flirting with something. Maybe you're just holding its hand. Maybe it's just a little peck on the cheek. But let me ask you a question for those who are in a relationship, for those who are married in the room. If your spouse, they weren't prostituting, but they were just just flirting with somebody else. Is that okay? Are you okay with that? Well, Melissa, I wasn't like prostituting. I was just flirting. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. We didn't do anything. We just held hands. Don't worry, don't worry. We didn't really kiss. It was just it was just a peck on the cheek. Now, how many people know that my marriage would be on the rocks pretty quick? See, I realize it's really quiet because it's really heavy for a minute. Because sometimes when we think about something becoming between us and God, we think of a gomer, we think of a prostitution, we think of a full thing. But when we think about how God looks at our relationship together with him, and how many times do we understand our relationship with him looks like a marriage, it's a covenant relationship. And how many of us in this room know that if it was a covenant relationship between our spouse, between our loved one, if we look at it the same way, now how many of us have to pause for a minute and think, what idol is between me and God? What idol have I placed between me and God? Hosea's example is so powerful for us to read and see how God's love is so outstanding. See, even after Hosea gives her everything, she still walked away. She still left. God gave Israel everything. He gave them the promised land. They have plenty and they got distracted and began to follow other gods. And then when people started to attack them, when life started to get rough, you want to know what they actually did? They didn't actually turn back to God. They looked to other leaders and kingdoms for help. They didn't first go to God. They looked to other kingdoms. They looked to other leaders if we have this leader in our lives, if we have this kingdom in our lives, our life will be better. 
Hosea tells us that this happened because they lacked knowledge of God. See, there's a difference between knowing about somebody and knowing someone. There's a big difference. Told you many times, I'm a big Michael Jordan fan, read tons of books. I know a lot about him. I do not know him. If you met him on the streets and got an autograph, get one for me as well. But ask him if he knows Chad McLaren and he will say, I have no clue who you're talking about. Many Christians, we know about God, but we don't know God. And that's why we can drift. That's why we can drift away because we don't know him. Now, I believe many of us want to know him, but are not willing to put in the time and the effort to do so. See, staying married, as this is illustrated in the book, marriage takes work. Any relationship takes time, it takes work, it takes effort. So if you have to, if you want to go past knowing about someone to knowing them, where there's a deeper connection, there's a deeper intimacy. It takes time. It takes effort. And I know that you actually have the time because you make time for other things that are a priority in your life. We just have to own that part. We have to own that reasoning. See, the Israelites, since they didn't know God, they turned to others for help, other leaders, other kingdoms. How many of us have thought that lately? How many of us have thought if we just had a different kingdom, if we just had a different leader, Israel drifts away from God in the good times. In the hard times, they began to look other places because they didn't know God. God called them back through the challenges. He called them back through the difficulties. Don't let your challenges, don't let your difficulties push you to other things, other people, other places. They are meant to draw you close to God. Do we, do you, do I need to repent in this situation? In those challenging times, have I turned to other people? Have I turned to other leaders? Have I thought other places will save me instead of turning to my knees and praying and asking God to help? Do I need to repent? Do you need to repent? God, I'm sorry that I went elsewhere first. Hosea 6 verse 1 says this, Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. He has injured us, but he will bind up our wounds. Goes on in verse 3. Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him. As surely the sun rises, he will appear. He will come to us like winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. If you press on to acknowledge God, he will rise. He will 
appear, he will water you and spring you up and strengthen you. See, the book of Hosea, it ends with a flicker of hope. However, stating that God's, Israel's faithful husband will not give up his bride. He promises to heal her and bring her back to the land. Hosea 14, verse 1 to 4, it says this, Return, Israel. Maybe you can put your own name in there. Return, Chad. To the Lord your God, your sins have been your downfall. Take words with you and return to the Lord. Say to him, forgive all my sins and receive me graciously. When you read the scriptures, it is okay to take it from a group scenario to personal. To apply this scripture, this prayer to you. Forgive all my sins and receive us graciously that we may offer the fruit of our lips. This is why we worship and praise the fruit of our lips. Assyria cannot save us. Another leader, another boss, another workplace, another, another spouse can't save you. We will not mount war horses. We will never again say our gods to what our own hands have made. For in you, the fatherless find compassion. See, when it says here, our gods to what our own hands have made, I know that many of you in this room have never sat down and made an idol and sat it on a shelf in your home and worshipped it. But what about accomplishments that you have? What about businesses that you have? What about degrees that you have? What about things that you think you've earned? God has done it all. Every degree that you have, God gave you the smarts to do it. Every business that you have, God blessed it for you to have it. Every accomplishment God did through you and for you. For in you, the fatherless find compassion. Verse four, I will heal, heal their wayward, waywardness and love them freely. Some of you need to hear that today. And love them freely. All the rest doesn't matter that we just read. I will love them freely for my anger has turned away from them. We repent. He loves freely and his anger turns away. We take the first step. Gary Milley wrote in his book, he said, if we respond to his love, if we repent and surrender our will to him, we can enjoy the wonderful blessings of a covenant relationship with God. We have to respond. You have to respond. I have to respond. If we respond to his love, if we repent and surrender our will, we can enjoy the wonderful blessing of a covenant relationship with God. 
Hosea's whole book is to restore us to God's covenant, to restore us to God's love. See, here's what you have to realize. Homer wasn't a prostitute in Hosea's eyes. She was his wife. Some of you need God to reveal your identity to you. Who does he see you as? See, we can always come back to him. You can always come back to him. His love is always ready to receive you. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come to the front, and we're just going to close in prayer. And as the prayer team is moving to the front, I just want everybody in the room just to close your eyes for a moment. It's, there's nothing super spiritual. It's just privacy. But this morning, as we've talked about returning to the Father, as we've talked about returning to him, I just want to give you an opportunity this morning to repent. To say to God, you know what? I've placed a couple things before you. And this morning, with just eyes closed for a moment, if you've never asked Jesus Christ into your life, and you're here this morning, and you've never committed to him, but this morning, maybe you understand, you hear all of Hosea's story, everything that his wife did, and he still went after her. And this morning, you walked in going, okay, I'll come because people have asked me to come, but all the things I've done, all the things that I've done, God, I've disqualified myself. But God stands this morning going, I'm coming after you. There's nothing that you have done that can separate you from my love. If that's you this morning, you just want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior with every eye closed, I just want you to raise your hand. I promise I will not embarrass you. I just want to pray with you. If that's you and you want to accept Jesus Christ, just raise your hand. Thank you. Anyone else? Maybe you're here this morning and you say, well, Chad, it's not that I've never accepted Jesus Christ. I've accepted him, but then I walked away. Or maybe you don't even feel like you're sitting here this morning, you're like, I don't even know if I really walked away, but as you talked about things before God that I need to repent of, that's me. And if that's you this morning, just raise your hand. I just want to pray with you. Eyes closed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hands up all over the place. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. We're just restoring God to his throne in our lives. We're coming back to him. Can I just get everybody to stand together? I'm just going to get everybody to repeat this prayer after me, whether you raised your hand or didn't. Let's just pray together. Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on a cross for me, to restore a relationship that I broke. This morning I ask you, to forgive me of my sins. 
Restore me to a relationship with you. Help me to follow you for the rest of my days. Holy Spirit, open up my heart and my mind to receive the love of the Father this morning. Father, I just want to receive your love. And I want to follow you until eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we just give a hand to those who accepted Jesus? Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you, and that you come back and check out next week's message as well.